0: Welcome to Engineering Influence Podcast from the American Council of Engineering Companies. And uh, today, very pleased to be joined by our Executive Director from an ACEC South Carolina, Adam Jones. Adam is our incoming NACE President. And for those of you who are unaware of uh, the ACEC Federation, of course, we have 51 uh, independent but federated member organizations, and and they're kind of organized under NACI, which is kind of the group that governs the MOs. So uh, Adam is coming in as uh, the incoming president of that organization, and he'll be taking over the reins from uh, Chris Klein out of ACEC, Wisconsin, coming up at our spring convention in May. And Adam, uh, very pleased to have you on the program. Uh, Thanks for for coming on virtually. Uh,
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, I wanted to get you when you were up oh. in uh, DC, but I unfortunately, just ran out of time.
1: Yeah, so Gary and I both had uh, earlier flights and everybody, so I, I was lucky enough to get my uh, headshot taken. But yeah, we had to we had to leave a little early. So I appreciate you letting me do it. Early. No, absolutely.
0: So you know you you've uh, been running a very uh, successful MO in South Carolina. You have a lot of initiatives going on. Um, you have your own institute. You're standing up. Um, you know, really robust EEA program, for example. Um, you know, how what's your view of taking a lot of the work that you've been doing at the state level and and taking that in with uh, leadership of, of NACI?
1: Sure. Well, I think, you know, luckily I, I've been a part of NACI for quite some time, even before I was in the executive director role, and it's all about sharing. And you learn things at NACI that, you know, you you might not think would ever come to your state and then it does. And so you have somebody to lean on in order to get resources instead of reinventing the wheel. One of the early things I remember was uh, the plastic pipe preference legislation that went around probably about seven or eight years ago. I remember hearing that at a Macy meeting and thinking that'll never come to my state. And lo and behold, at that January, it got filed. And so with that, I was able to reach out to people that already fought that uh, and get information, and and also know who to start a coalition with, in my state house to make sure we beat that. Um, and so I've been also blessed with a, a great uh, I've, every year I've been on XCOM. It's been really great. Uh, last year with President Fiordaliso and Beth Bauer as past president, and then this year with uh, Jeff uh, with past president Fiordaliso and and Casey. So. We have a constant text thread going and, and talking about what we can do to help other MOs. I guess as my uh, as I, my term, um, a big thing will be continuing with the MO strengthening program. Uh, we, we've got to get a better title for that because I don't want to say, that's not to say any of any of our MOs are weak, but it's just how can we make them more successful? Uh, I know this is an initiative of President Raba as well. So that'll be a, a large focus for me this year.
0: Yeah, that that really is a great opportunity for MOs that are out there that really want to up their game when it comes to not only their visibility, but their ability to attract new members. Um, it's a initiative that is uh, now kind of getting its feet under it. You know, where do you want to take the MO Strengthening Program uh, in, in, in next year? I think, and again, Gary and I actually
1: talked loosely about this when I had to leave early. It's what what does that budget look like? So each year it's ramped up. Um, we had some great uh, applications last year where MOs are partnering together. And I think that's a really good idea. So it's right size budgeting. We don't want, if it's not being used, obviously there's no reason to fund it. But if we have more MOs needing things, then you know what does that look like next year? This year we have $75,000. I think that we will have Plenty of applications for that. Um, again, we had a NACI meeting earlier this week and stressing that other MOs partnering together, kind of like uh, they called it wins. It was Wyoming, uh, North and South Dakota, Nebraska, and I might I think
0: it's Idaho uh, as well. Idaho. I believe
1: Idaho, Idaho. That was the I, right? So uh, they put in a great grant application, to, to, and I think they're actually including you on them. That, this to help them with some of their communications and, and steering it on that. So, you know, things like that, because we do have regions within, you know, ACEC obviously and, and the vice chairs, but an, an issue that came up in my Southeastern one was we were talking about maybe hosting a Southeastern meeting basically for MOs and our national directors. Just, we get an hour at each, uh, at each of the annual meetings fall and, and spring. And, and that can be, if you have a large MO like Southeast, you might get five minutes apiece. So when we start having these discussion, there are smaller MOs that don't have robust travel budgets. Not that I know of any MO that has a robust one, but as simply as getting to uh, Atlanta or something like that could be a financial burden to some of these smaller MOs. So it's like, why don't y'all get, get, get together, figure out how, you know, put in a grant so we can do this because the, the old adage, and I think this is where N- Nacy, you know, resonates, is uh, rising tide lifts all ships. So if we have all the MOs are strong, that means the federation is going to be even stronger. So, you know, I, I see other things under my leadership as that will help everyone is implementation of IJA. We all got those funds. What's your state doing uh, that other states might be able to look into to see how that happens and we're all about advocacy and not that we all have our own general assemblies but NACI is there to make sure that everybody is has got what they need and and we might have tips to the trade to share.
0: Yeah and and that's that's a really good point uh to kind of move into on the advocacy front. I mean what are the core issues that you see coming up in your tenure that are, are, are really pressing amongst the states. I mean, is there anything that really pops outside of IIJ implementation, but is there is there anything that you see bubbling up from the states that looks like it's going to be something that the uh, the group's going to really have to pay attention to coming into uh, coming into later part of 2024
1: to twenty five. I think, and, and this started under Joe's leadership as well, but indemnity duty defend is something all, uh, a lot of our states are working on. And obviously that's another place where nationals help is we got a minute grant to get those excellent videos that we're using constantly i think chris is in wisconsin's right at the uh, at the finish line there but you know it's it's a very complex issue that when you get into this uh you find your members don't even fully understand it um so those videos were great to help that but i know in my own personal state when we started working on this we had some of the medium or larger firms that said well we just don't sign those types of contracts you know and, and it was as easy as that for them but then recently and this all kind of ties the ija as well uh the the electrification to the and this is also i guess the bipartisan act by the uh Biden administration but as we're rolling these evs the the actual rfq that came out dealing with how to stand up the charging stations had a huge indemnity clause in, in our state, and some of these firms that normally would walk away from a lot of these contracts saw this as, you know, this is a big contract. We're going to still go after it. And then they came to me like, "Hey, we need to get these things gone." I'm like, "So now, now it's resonating with the entire membership when they're seeing them not not go away, but actually getting getting larger." And I think states that this isn't even on their uh, radar yet. It's going to be, if they hadn't already passed it. And good for those that already have this.
0: <laughs> and It's a good example of those. It's a, well, That's a good example of these issues that really might not affect everybody. But then all of a sudden, lo and behold, you know, it does. And it's important yeah. to be all over those issues because you never know exactly how far it's going to be dive into the industry to begin with, right?
1: I think another thing following on the ACEC shoulders is, is licensure. Um, Now there's NSPE that, that deals with this too, but it's not, you know, for example, a bill here in South Carolina, it's, it's not just the engineers that our firms are hiring. It's their scientists. It's, uh, there's a bill attacking geologists and landscape architects here and our firms hire those people and and those smaller groups might not have representation there. So I know our example one it helped me pick up a member because our firms do uh hire landscape architects and i was the first line of defense here so i think each state's going to have to you know be less dependable on some of the professional societies that licensure is you know what their big thing is and be willing to help them not necessarily leave the charge but be there to help because we do have a louder voice we're talking uh, from the business standpoint on why licensure is important rather than just one person. So I think those issues. I know Kentucky has seen some licensure issues. Those things are things I think everybody needs to be be ready to fight. And then uh, you know globally and and definitely this is you know workforce is an issue. And I know in our state, uh, even a year ago when we were starting to stand up our um, our institute, that was one of the reasons was you know ACEC has always kind of left it at the ASCES and and other people to, to groom the, the next batch of engineers. But you know, as right now we can't hire enough people. So that is falling onto ACEC shoulders too. So looking at how we're going to play in the workforce MO wide is going to be very big. And um and and what some initiatives that we can do. And those are things that NACI can work on together because we're all facing that. That's something how how can we tackle this and think of it as the federated way and how we can then bring it to each state to stand it up.
0: Yeah, workforce workforce without question is an issue that uh, is, is just getting more and more important for us. I mean, we have the Workforce Committee, which we just stood up. We're looking at a workforce summit with our partner organizations, ASCE and APWA, looking at that in the spring. Um, essentially, we've gone from, you know, uh, but really focused on the C-suite and, and the firms. Now we're looking at broadening that out to um, how do we get ACEC in front of schools? How do we get them in front of students who haven't entered uh, really STEM programs yet and trying to attract them and, and 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 keep the engineers who have already graduated into the industry? There's a great opportunity to work with our MOs on that. And on licensure, I think that you're absolutely right because You know, the success that we saw with those indemnification and duty to defend videos, we're also looking and working with our our general counsel, uh, Charles Kim, the Risk Management Committee and Legal Counsel Forum on how can we also produce something on licensure because it is an issue which is coming up more and more and more at the state level um, as groups put up sample legislation on licensure and try to erode that. And that's something that we're also kind of uh, focused on. Coming into uh, the the closeout of twenty twenty four, so um, look forward to working with you on that. Um, the roadshow, of course, is something else. I think is you know in in, in late December we did present to the uh, MOs the 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 idea of the state based engineering and public works roadshow. You and I have talked about possibly having having one come up in South Carolina. I mean, how do you think that will help uh, the MOs kind of help um, you know attract? Members possibly deal with workforce issues, or, or or just bring more attention to the industry in general.
1: No, I, I think they're great ideas because the worst thing, and, and the worst thing that our members are at is telling their own stories. You know, I'd say a lot of engineers are are modest by nature and, and don't want to scream from a rooftop. Hey, we did this. You know, we're, when I when I talk to like last week being E Week, when I go talk to students. What I say to them is, since the time your feet hit the floor today, until you got into this classroom, everything you touched an engineer touched first. And, and they look kind of, you know, what do you mean? And then you, you kind of go into it. And I always talk about licensure, too, when you're doing the same thing. How many of you crossed the bridge? And they're You know, half of them will raise their hands. I'm like, well, do you think Miss So-and-so, your teacher, or Mr. So-and-so, your teacher, should have designed that bridge? And they're like, no. And so, you know, that adds to it. But the roadshow helps us tell our story. And, and and also, I mean, you know, I I think to an extent, the broad public understands what engineers do, but, but do they, you know, it gets, it very gets, sometimes it gets confused between what architects do or what a contractor does, et cetera. And the roadshow really lends to what we're doing. And one of the ones that we're talking about here in South Carolina is, you know, uh, the raising of the seawall and our beloved Charleston uh, on the peninsula, you know, that, that. That structure is very old. We know with, with climate change, that the sea level is rising. Uh, I lived there for years. Flooding is a huge issue. And when we uh, we did a, a program on that you know uh, that particular project, and they showed a picture of what Charleston looked like before the seawall, and everywhere that floods, you from being down there, you see, well, before the seawall and before they did all this, that was actually water. You know, they had to drain it. And so it lends light to so that, you know, it, it shows that and it'll show not only the public and hopefully up and coming kids and STEM fairs our STEM. Uh, folks that this is a great uh, career and something that where you can literally change the world and change how people live their lives. But it also shows our local legislators and, and congressional politicians, what investments on infrastructure does and how important what we do really is. So as when we're talking about workforce, seeing, you know, backfilling the the jobs from people retiring and everything is harder and harder. And so that's going to be an issue But you have to have engineers and engineering firms hire surveyors, geologists, landscape architects, all of the above environmental scientists in order to do what we do. And so I think the roadshow is a great way to shed light on that when we were talking about what to do, like we had, we had different ideas. I know here in South Carolina, uh, the trades have been very much been pushed lately. There's been legislation to change, you know, to make that easier for, for those types of jobs. And and we're all for that. You need those too. But I think what, at least here at home, we got a little bit lost is you still have to have these professional services in order for them to do what they're doing.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, no. And we look forward to working with you on that project. Uh, because that, that seawall in Charleston is, is a perfect example of engineering for resilience and a change of climate. and uh, it's a, a, a historic area, of course, that floods on a, on a regular basis with with large storms. and um, you know having that protection is is, is significantly important for for, for the city. Um, Adam, there's a, there's a lot to do. I, I think that you're going to have a busy tenure. Uh, as NACI president, but we look forward to working with you. Anything else that you want to mention before we uh, close out, or uh, um, you know, we uh, look forward to, to seeing you back here in uh, in May at the at the spring convention.
1: No, I'm looking forward to it. I, I'll say that I guess the high, the benefit of doing this after we were there in DC, I got to know my excom members rather well. I'm, I'm really excited to serve, and a uh, great great bunch of folks, and and you know, happy to represent NACI and all that we do. And um, if there's any questions from anybody, I'm happy happy to be here to help.
0: Fantastic. Again, Adam Jones, Executive Director, ACEC South Carolina, and incoming AC President. And again, this has been Engineering Influence, a podcast from the American Council of Engineering Companies, and we will see you next time.